0: the speed of
1: sound
0: webmasterradio.fm the flame webmasterradio.fm we're everywhere the opinions expressed on this webmasterradio.fm program are those of the host guests and callers and do not reflect those of the staff management or advertisers of webmasterradio.fm any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited
2: Well, good afternoon, everybody. April 20th, and it is Beer Friday with the SEO Rockstars. We're back in town from traveling all across God's green earth last couple of weeks, and we're ready to rock and roll. How are you doing there, Mr. Bowser? Awesome. I'm doing great. Except I'm
3: not drinking beer, I'm drinking coffee because it's pouring rain here and it's cold.
2: Well, that's unfortunate. I had a wonderful, beautiful day here, and I have a nice, cold, fresh beer right here in front of me.
3: I feel like I'm in Canada right now.
2: <laughs> totally wrong. But I didn't oh, so, how, how far behind are you from being on the road?
3: Uh, probably not as bad as you are because you were gone longer. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm just now catching up and trying to get everything. It's funny because before I leave town, I work a lot of extra time in the evenings, weekends, trying to get ahead, and then it never helps. I'm back the <laughs> next week, and it's just. Uh, Stuff piled up, a bunch of phone messages that I haven't answered. And, and uh, you know, it takes another week and a half to get to where I can sit down and do something like blog.
2: There you go. Well, And that's just the thing. I've got this, uh, this, all this stuff to blog. I mean, we did a ton of stuff in New York. We have, uh, you know, more information around the whole Dave Pasternak issue. Went to Web 2.0 Expo and all kinds of interesting things happening there. And I'm like, well, I'll just uh, blog that next month sometime. Yeah, exactly. We'll be
3: a day late and a dollar short. And the worst part is my wife's beating me to the punch on everything now.
2: Oh, yeah, dude. She's kicking your ass blogging.
3: So I don't even need to blog anymore. She's my official blogger. and I'm just going to post a little thing that says, go read my wife's blog. <laughs> Hear all about it.
2: So, so man. It was a great but, anyways, New SES New York. Yeah. Good show. Good New show. New I had New a show. good time. It's kind of a sad show. It was. It was sort of the... The last,
3: the really the last, last, Danny last show. old Danny show. In uh, New York, and we always did go into New York. It's my favorite place out of the whole year, I think. Uh, just because there's so much great stuff to do. And uh, still no, no rumors leaking out about who is going to take Danny's place.
2: No, well, um, on Saturday morning after the conference. Uh, uh, one of the guys from Range and, and myself, we were heading to the airport to fly to San Francisco. And we wound up uh, splitting a ride with somebody from Incisive. They had a, a nice town car and offered to take us to the airport. And so we, we chatted a little bit about that sort of thing. You know, who's going to take over and who's doing what. And uh, there's he's either very, very tight-lipped or they really don't know yet. And I'm leaning towards they really don't know.
3: Which is the sad thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, uh, I, it, I was heard it was promised narrowed to us though that it, it, it was promised to us though that uh Rebecca Lee will not be taking over Danny's role.
3: Well, there you go. There's one step in the right direction. <laughs> but I I did hear something about it being narrowed down to four people.
2: Yes, that's what I heard as well. Um so, no idea who those four actually are though.
3: Yeah. So just in case anybody from Incisive Listening, we think you should pick Rand Fishkin.
2: Definitely. I think because I think that would be a great role for the Fish Boy.
3: I don't know if they let him keep his yellow shoes, but other than that, he's
2: the perfect pick. I think because he
3: loves doing that kind of stuff. He's a great rider, and I get to see him. You know, he he could roll with that. Yeah. So there you go, Rand. I'm not real convincing. Seems listens to us, but there's our <laughs> two cents on that matter.
2: For what it's worth, SEO Rockstars fully endorsing Rand Fishkin to take over Danny's role. At incisive,
3: right, and that's <laughs> just because we could bully him and push him around and make him let us do whatever we want.
2: I didn't say a word there. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Um, so, what was uh, uh, yeah, what? I mean, some of the highlights out of New York for you, man?
3: Well, this, uh, you know what? You're asking the wrong person because I didn't really intend any sessions. <laughs> so I'm not really sure on that front. Um, But I did have a great time. We always did go to New York because, being in California, we're three hours behind. So the trick is you roll in there and we just stay on California time. And that means (laughs) out till 4 or 5 and sleeping until what would be noon at home, which is still pretty bad, but normal. And so now it's like, you know, sleeping until 3 in the afternoon and, and doing that kind of stuff. But we did have a lot of great stuff. What, Monday night we went and saw Les Paul play? Fantastic show. And, uh... If you guys ever go to New York on Monday nights, he plays at Club Iridium and down there in Times Square. Every Monday night, he has two sets. You should definitely go check it out.
2: The guy is like a legend. He's outlived He's like everybody else. He
3: invented multi-track recording. He's 92 years old, and he still is funny and sharp as a tack. So that was our, our Monday night. What do we do Tuesday? Vintage Tub and Bath?
2: Vintage Tub and Bath Party was Tuesday night with uh, the FPR. uh limo bus. Yeah. Very, very impressive bus. So
3: Ken's like the rock star of Canada, right?
2: Completely. Completely the uh, the rock star of Canada.
3: So Vintage Tub and Bath hosted the party, but we took this big, huge party bus that had stripper poles in it and free beer and laser lights and anything you would need to get you motion sick and vomit (laughs) on the way to the party. (laughs) And people on the polls that probably shouldn't have been on the poll.
2: Uh, yeah, cool we won't comment was, on that.
3: Yeah. <laughs> cool <laughs> thing was the bus had a big uh, logo on the side, and it was Trek. They did an awesome job, I thought.
2: Yeah, I mean, it looked like EPR's bus. Yeah, I want one of those. I'm gonna I'm gonna go find the pictures. They're all up on Flickr right now. So.
3: And none of them were put up by us.
2: that was good and then we went to that that club after the dinner um, that big giant rooftop place
3: it was weird it was very empty it would have been hot if there was more people open to the public then
2: Wednesday, it's it's interesting our our entire commentary about the conference is all like hey what did we do outside of conference
3: yeah isn't that sad I know (laughs) it's kind of bad but there really wasn't a whole lot I don't know dramatic happening didn't really pick up on any
2: a lot of personal drama going on but
3: nothing nothing big in the world of search that really happened at the conference
2: no I mean the uh, biggest announcement was uh, after you know like the last day everybody's bailing out of there and it's like hey guess what Google just bought uh, double click exactly. for 3.1 billion dollars and and it was nice how they left it toward everybody's gone you know <laughs> right
3: And there's, yeah, we should, we'll talk more about the Google, there's a lot of other Google stuff too. Um, Google has, once again, secretly, in a kind of stealth mode, moved from just tracking your searches to tracking everything you visit if you have the Google toolbar on.
2: Google web history.
3: Google Google web history. And all these years everybody's going, what are they going to do with that data? Well, now we know, the machine is rolling now, now they own DoubleClick, and it's really quite scary when you think about it.
2: And uh, this, this last week, they just launched uh, Google Presentation or whatever they're going to call it. They now have their PowerPoint.
3: And they also are now in the SEO business.
2: Are they not? But it's, ju- but it's just Performix, so. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I don't know. We're almost getting, it's funny, I'm starting to read things where people are talking about antitrust with Google because now they're from beginning to end, they control the whole thing. Double click thing is pretty pretty major.
2: Yeah, and I mean, really, for Microsoft, I know you're out there. I know you were playing in that that bid war, and you wussed out at the end.
3: They're idiots. That was
2: that was the play. That was Microsoft's play, right there. Now the that only thing the left hand. for them to do is to really just step up and buy Yahoo. It's the only way they can get get any real Even respect. And
3: I, I think letting Double Click go is really really dumb. I don't care what it cost. No. They have the cash, and, and now you know it's a kind of a scary situation. Yeah.
2: Well, and apparently the 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 whisper price on DoubleClick just prior to it closing was two billion, and then Google just kind of it seems like Google stepped in and went, all right, let's just wipe everybody else out of the race. Three point one billion, done deal. We actually at, at Web two O Expo, one of the in the keynote session, uh, one of the keynotes was John Battelle having a, a chat with Eric Schmidt. And of course, Eric was was pretty cagey about the whole the whole thing coming down. But uh, John, John, you know, actually, John Battelle, for as much as you know, there's certain things that I, I disagree with. He's an excellent interviewer. He was really putting the boots to Eric Schmidt. That's that good. That's three
3: point one billion. I mean, that's now that's. I think DoubleClick is worth far more than YouTube.
2: So no, there's no question. let I mean. Has a real revenue model attached to it, if nothing else. Which, which on, on a little bit of a, uh, a tangent here, the whole revenue model thing is fascinating. So, spent spent all of the all of this week at the Web Two O Expo in San Francisco, and it, it, it's a very, very different, incredibly different world than what we're used to, like from an SES or a PubCon or anything like that, where you have all these companies that have. You know, it's all about earnings and revenue and clients and all this and that. Everybody's out to make a buck. And then you go to, go to Web 2.0 Expo, and you, you, know, you tour the conference hall. And, and first of all, there's like 100 booths in the conference hall in the Expo Hall. And probably 20 of them are co- collaboration tools. So they're all kind of the same thing. They just have different colors, right. slightly different logos. And you talk to all of them, and they're all like, this is what we do, and this, this is called great, and it's free. It's all free, and there was even, uh, there was a whole panel on, on okay, the web tool, people, kind of weird, you walk around and people are juggling and riding segues through the halls, and it's a very different crowd, and they really have no, they, they don't have a, a view of the money involved. They're, they're either guys that have done something and have, you know, a couple hundred million dollars in the bank and are now funding something for fun, mm-hmm. or they're completely venture funded with insane amounts of money so that they don't even have to care. And there was this this one panel on massive multiplayer online games, like Second Life kind of stuff, and there was this one company, I believe it was gaia.com. They have this big interactive gaming world that they've spent millions and millions of dollars on. And and so you ask you, you know you put up your hand you ask these questions are coming in but how do you measure success? I mean, when, how is this company successful and the guy from guy goes starts talking about you know uptime and server loads and all this kind of stuff and then he goes and uh... and then somebody asks him well what's the revenue model he goes well, we're not really going to worry about that for now
3: <laughs> it, it amazes me
2: how <laughs> it's the is fascinating there. And so what? on one hand, you got a whole lot of people running around going, "Oh, SEO, it's great." I mean, it was and it was weird because I mean, you and I were the only SEO guys there on Sunday, and I mean, it was really kind of a weird well, situation. We but are, none of them have any actual money to spend for the most part,
3: right? But what's different is in, in this session. So we did a three-hour workshop clinic on SEO on Sunday before the conference started, and we kind of didn't know really what to expect, right? So we went in there, and I was kind of surprised because what I found there was a lot of companies that aren't really Web 2.0 companies, but their bosses sent them to this thing because Web 2.0 is such a buzzword, and they're trying to figure out what it is they need to do with Web 2.0. Yeah, because when you look through all the cards we got, we got a lot of stock standard, you know, e-commerce sites that actually look like they have real revenue models. Exactly. And I think they were more excited to stumble upon s e o and search marketing because when you and I talk it 's about how are we going to help you make more money
2: yeah exactly and well, and it was interesting. we i sat on the, the last one of the last panels I went and sat on uh, listened in on was a panel with it had uh chris Prillo uh, Scoble was up there, a couple other guys i didn 't know and there were t- it was a social media blogging podcasting feature thing and it was kind of neat because they were doing it they had everything going live so they they had a they were they were streaming the the session live over ustream.tv. uh... prillo had uh... A, a live irc room set up like what we have here for webmaster radio but he had it on this like giant screen so i logged in there and you know wreaked havoc about scobo wearing his hat sideways and shit like that And <laughs> it was it was fairly entertaining but so they're going through all this stuff, and, and Scoble had actually been walking around the conference with, like, a head-mounted video camera doing live, like, vidcast interviews and and all this uh-huh. kind of stuff, and Perillo's going on about all these great tools and these toys and how interactive it is, and, you know, when they had this, the, the the earthquake in Mexico, he he knew more about it from Twitter than he knew about it from the news in the first 10 minutes, and all this kind of stuff and everybody's like, Oh, cool, I wish I had all those toys and I wish I knew how it all worked And then this one lady puts her hand up and goes, So how does this help my business? And the oh. entire room just bursts out like cheering and clapping and everything and then so these guys try and answer this question and what they don't get is that this stuff doesn't do anything for Fortune one thousand online retailer.
3: It doesn't I mean there's anything a for few Joe things Austin here and there Rogers. but it really is technology for the sake of technology. Yep. Is the biggest problem, and I was kind of stu- and what surprised me. So uh, we, our thing was is we did this like what a twenty-slide deck, kind of entry-level SEO, and we were worried about how we we're going to fill up three hours worth of time. Yeah, exactly. And because that's twice as long as any any search conference session ever lasts. So that's it's a lot of time to fill. And we never even got to the site reviews because the audience was so engaged and asking so many questions. And they, you know, the first thing out of everybody's mouth was like, are there other pl- conferences we can go to to learn more about this? They, I almost got the feeling that you know, they've already realized that the other stuff is probably, and they're not going to get it. They're not going to be able to apply it to their company. It doesn't make any sense. Um, and you know, so we told them, like, oh, you never heard of search engine strategies? And, or, it was totally bizarre to me. There were so many people who did have revenue models that were out in this space that, that had no idea,
2: and they just went to the wrong conference, really. But, and, and that's what's really interesting, too, though, is that how did they, like, how did they not know about SES at this point? And how, to, and how do they know about Web 2.0? And where's, where's that disconnect? And this is something I think Incisive needs to get all over, is that, yeah, there's all these people wanting to know more about this, and they have no idea where to go but they all showed up at, at a Web 2.0 expo to learn about Twittering and online collaboration tools.
3: Well, and it's a funny thing about the Twitter, because somebody in the chat room is asking if that was the main focus of Web 2.0. Um, they actually had a live Twitter thing running in in the hall that would yeah. play on video screens. And you, well, we found the first legitimate use, so... Um, they came in, and we told them we were going to do site clinics after the break, and they went and announced that on the Twitter network.
2: Yeah, and a bunch more people showed up for the second half.
3: And that was the first time I've ever seen anything that remotely made sense for Twitter for me.
2: And that, that's exactly it. I think Twitter, by and large, is kind of just useless, and I, I don't really get it. But as, as a communication medium at, a, at an event, it makes perfect sense. Well, it's
3: just ultra mass text messaging,
2: right? I mean, yeah, and then and they like say that these these screens you could go and you could hey, what are people twittering about at at the event? It was, so it was, so it was kind of an interesting use of that, but I mean the rest of it, like you know, and, and Twitter Vision kept coming up, TwitterVision.com, where it's just a a map with of the world overlaid with Twitter's popping up all over it. Well, right. what the hell good is that?
3: And what uh, here's my thing about it. It's got to be the greatest waste of time. I mean, how can you... There's no way your company is going to improve productivity if your employees are using Twitter, right? I just went to the bathroom. Wash my
2: hands. It's like a miniature Barry Schwartz, right? Like all day long, right? That's exactly what it is. Twitter is... I mean, and I think the idea behind something like Twitter is that it it really... Once you get past all the all the I went to the bathroom or the coffee shops closed or you know whatever all that stuff, really what Twitter is i think the vision of it is to be the the soundbite version of the blogosphere, yeah, but yeah. we're a long, long ways away from that
3: but once again, even does that have value i mean who who it, who do you know that you really want to have? daily little things fed to you about what they're doing in five-minute increments. Yeah, I I can't. I'm just trying
2: to help it out a little bit here. (laughs) So far, we haven't found a real good use for it other than the
3: mass communication of the conference. But there is huge opportunities in this space
2: for SEO. And we should probably... Definitely. Well, there's that one uh, Shuresh in the chat room says here, it makes sense for SEOs to comply with Web 2.0. And I'm not really quite sure what he's trying to say? I mean, what do you want us to comply with? You want us to comply with Ajax, and you want us to comply with bad revenue models? No, 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 yeah. but what
3: the point, what I found amazing, like, obviously we made a lot of jokes about Ajax.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, the joke, uh, Ajax may be great for cleaning your toilet, but it sucks for SEO, right? That There's a Twitter line for you. <laughs> Put that out on the network. Um, so that's like, you know, we, I kind of thought we were going to offend people. But what I found in our little workshop we did is that the people they were fairly ignorant on SEO, but they were very technical savvy. So we got into a very high level discussion much faster than I thought we would.
2: And yeah, that was and that was really impressive. It, it stayed high level, which was, which the was better time.
3: for me. I mean, we didn't even finish our deck before it drifted off into Q and A, and we got into some real serious, fairly complicated issues. We spent a lot of time talking about AJAX and the possible solutions. And what amazed me is that these guys are very technically savvy, but because they didn't really know anything about SEO, when we started pointing out the problems with Ajax, specifically what it does that's not good, like the fact you don't create unique URLs, they had never thought of that. Yeah. And, you know, the poor usability thing about, hey, if somebody goes to your site and they want to blog what they they can't send anybody directly to that because the user has to go there and recreate it. Mm -hmm. So how do we fix those issues? And we talked a lot about IP delivery and and some more technical workarounds for those kind of things. And I saw a lot of people taking notes. I mean, it's going to be a big, big market, I think. Because if you look at the bubble, the last time we had a bubble, it was the same thing. And then the bubble kind of burst, VC money get away, and everybody went rushing out learn about search yeah. because all of a sudden they're held accountable they have to and that's when things like you know in that day it was splash pages and
2: flash was the big thing now it's, now, it's the same thing again totally uh, so we, we were Phil from range and I we're, we, we walked around the, the exhibit hall a lot and trying to figure out which booths to go up to and the web 2.0 world is very fuzzy in how they even describe what they do you know, there, where, there was one booth we were going to go up to and it had these, you know, these big 42-inch plasma screens displaying stuff. And, and, and it just would display, display two words. It would be like collaboration plus management. And then the next one would be something else. And so, and so we stood there for a couple minutes and we just didn't even want it. You just get to the point where you're just annoyed. Just tell me what it is you do. And then even when you walk up to the peak, so, what do you guys do? Well, we facilitate the uh, blah blah blah. And you're just like, so what is that? And it turns out that the vast majority of, of all of this stuff isn't actually new. It's just been reskinned with new technology. It's the same stuff that was coming out in Web 1.0, but now it's it's all browser based and it's it's all drag and drop in AJAX and and none of the logos have a letter E in them anymore and. Stuff like that, but there's not a whole lot of of really new stuff. You got the Twitters and, and this and that that are kind of you know different and you know different ways to use the data that exists out there. But the companies that actually are trying to put something together and, and bring a revenue model into it, whether it's a monthly subscriber fee or, or whatever, are really just providing a different view of tools that already exist today, it's and just being. Maybe with maybe a little bit of new data overlay where we now have more data to put into the system. But it's not like revolutionary stuff, by and large, I, at least from what I looked at when I was there.
3: No, it's just a mashup nightmare. <laughs> but it, it clearly is, you know, a goldmine for people that work in search. And I think there's enough people that you know, want to get with the 2.0 thing, but really still do have to make money. Not everybody's VC-funded, tripping along. And the biggest thing, you know, when I walk around, I'm looking at a lot of these companies, like, man, I there really isn't anything you can do for search because nobody knows what to call what you do, so nobody's looking for it. I mean, how, how do you, you know, what do you tell a Web 2.0 company that has these new fangled stuff and, and you can't find any search activity? There's no generic equivalent phrase-wise, for what yeah. you do. Which is, that's where it totally gets lost, right? I mean, once you get out of the realm of having, you know, real products and real services that have been around for a while and they you're just selling it on the web, it becomes a whole new thing. I mean, and in a lot of ways, search is not going to help any of that.
2: No, that's for sure. If you totally, totally agree with that. Anyway, let's... Uh, take a quick break here pay some bills make the advertisers happy and uh, when we come back we just might bash web 2.0 a little bit more
1: stick around seo rock stars we'll be back after this short break Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. Are you getting the most out of your online advertising? Now get more from your media spend with superior real-time targeting and creative optimization technology. Get more now. From Casali Media. Casali Media. Save big as Casali Media's ad experts place your premium campaigns across the web's hottest properties at the most competitive rates. Want more? Get, get more. Visit casalimedia.com slash more to request your media kit. Casali Media. Advertising online is better here. Casali Media. Are your ads managing you? Tired of click fraud and little or no ROI on your pay-per-click search ads? Take control. Reduce your costs and gain valuable traffic with effective flat fee featured listings on over 245 search engines and web directories from the isedn.org, the independent search engine and directory network. Now free yourself from click fraud, bidding and hassles with low cost top 10 exposure for, for less, less than $4, $4 a month from isedn. So visit isedn.org today and discover how easy it is. Maximizing your company's online revenue stream with affordable search engine and directory flat fee ads from the isadn.org.
0: Bebop Byron here from Life Tips.
3: Howdy. Name's
1: Josie Wales.
0: Ah. Well, you, I don't know if you've seen my steps then.
3: Yeah, they're making those these days. for shakes and business executives. Woods. They say
0: that's for special occasions. He's got the panache.
3: Yeah, it means flamboyance.
0: I think for people losing their hair like I am, it's a genetic thing with me. Yeah,
3: you're a legend in your own mind.
0: Cowboy hats are part of my heritage.
1: What are you talking about?
0: All of my relatives on both sides of my family are from Texas.
3: Well, we're not just going to let you walk out of here. Okay, let's get to it. Go ahead. Make my day. I
1: wanted to just ask a little bit about your strategy. Smith, Weston, and me. Run for the high hills. You can get lost that here
0: Go ahead, make your day. Every Wednesday with Byron White and his trusty sidekick Melanie on Life Tips. Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere, even the
1: wild, wild west. Want a hot pod? Load it with webmasterradio.fm and play with
2: us all day long.
0: Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere.
1: Commercials off. Now back to SEO rock Let's rock. Here's your host.
2: All right, we're back. Bottom of the show, moving into the last half, and uh, it, you know, it's, we, we spent a lot of time in the first half of the show, kind of picking on Web 2.0, and I don't think Web 2.0 is something we need. You know, it's I don't want to come across like a bashing the crap out of Web 2.0. There's some interesting stuff there, but by and large what is the curiosity of it to me is the, the the complete disregard for making any money with some of it, at least in the short term. And when you talk to a lot of these people, they, they don't even they don't seem to have the long term play even in mind and it makes me wonder what the venture capitalists that are paying for all this, what what their plan is behind it. But that's just me. That's the old uh yeah,
3: sure sure. I mean the amount of money paying the bills. Um at some point you have to make money but as an opportunity for search marketing people I, I think it's just huge absolutely huge and uh, would highly recommend going to these types of conferences. I know that uh, over the next year I'm gonna make a big effort to get out to more of them because you know there's three of us there and the rest of the people it's like talk about shooting fish in a barrel I think
2: which is why I don't think any of you should come and just leave it for me exactly again.
3: Really sucks. Don't show up. <laughs> um, but you know, it was just a great opportunity to get a lot of in front of a lot of people
2: that have no clue about search.
3: Um, but we should probably talk about supplemental results a bit because that was a big topic.
2: Supplemental team. came up um, across the board, and everybody that um, so everybody that I, I set up meetings all week long after after the after our workshop and that was something that everybody talked about, absolutely every single person. And the nice thing is that we can today say the supplemental isn't the kiss of death it used to be.
3: No, it's it, and that's the thing, you know, the same thing we're seeing is that now everybody's going to have some supplemental. And it, it is a it, well, there's two sides of that coin. I think that, in general, for the most part, you know, on the large-scale stuff that we're working on, the stuff we see going supplemental makes sense. It is highly similar content, you know, product data sheets and things like that that are fairly thin from a content standpoint. Um, it makes sense for those to go. But the one thing that I'm seeing that is somewhat problematic is it does seem that there's a kind of a ratio thing happening where, now you can have original content thrown in the supplemental index um, just by having a too big of percentage of your total site being supplemental and and that was what we saw a lot with the people that stood up and said, "You know, well, they didn't. a lot of them and never even heard of it and then we they all had laptops and we showed them how to check, and everybody was started gasping, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um but what we're finding a lot is you know in these duplicated areas where a client has a site that has a lot of they're in an industry where it's highly duplicated and they put up a site and instantly 40 50 60% of that site ends up in supplemental if they bolt original content onto that such as a blog where they're writing unique articles and that stuff's going supplemental as well mhm and that, I think, is the problem. It's almost like there's a, a trust thing for the domain as a whole that if you introduce, especially with newer sites, a large chunk of stuff, it kind of poisons the whole domain. And, you know, this one client we were working with, they've got these writers, they're putting out great content, and every single post goes supplemental. But that's because they have all this near-duplicate stuff because they're in an industry where... You know, the merchants dictate what the pages have to say. So everybody pretty much has the same page. Yeah. So it's definitely something I think people need to pay attention to on how you deploy your content now because you don't want good quality original content going supplemental. I don't care what Google says.
2: Yeah. And, I mean, one one example that came up uh, out of the Q&A from the panel was somebody that had a website that had uh where they'd set it up to be all city and state specific and right. it really sounded a lot like maybe one little step better than our old you know search and replace city and state name pages well, so that- you wind up you wind up with hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands of pages that have nothing there because you've simply run you've simply thrown an atlas at your system to say generate all these pages because we we do participate in all these markets, the sort of. That's the exact Absolutely, because you wind up with tens of thousands of, of pages with thin content or no content duplicated uh, with only a state and city name being different. And then that's you wind up with that dis, disproportionate amount of pages in the supplemental that's right. going to start dragging the other stuff down on you.
3: So you actually need to kind of deploy the stuff backwards. So the one client, what we're doing is we're, we're telling them, hey, Let's take the blog off that site. Let's keep it for your pay-per-click. And then let's go build a blog separately and introduce the content you know, relatively slowly um, so it has the ability to stand on its own. And then from that blog, we can certainly link in to the pay-per-click site to generate the conversions. But you don't want to put the content on the same thing. And the state... Uh, other industry I work in where that is what everybody does and they generate these directories that are just thin shells with links on them 50 60 pages so you launch a new site and you have a 50 state directory on it and 10 pages of original content so all 50 page state pages go supplemental now what you're it's an untrusted domain from that point on Anything else you publish is probably going to go in the crapper.
2: Yeah. It's uh it it the days of generating big sites out of the gate are really do appear to be gone. And and that was something we used to do a lot of because you could generate a you know, a two hundred and fifty thousand page website relatively quickly and there was a certain level of authority that came with wow, this is a really big website with you know, whatever the case may be. And this is the uh, the counterpoint to that, saying, you know what, it seems they've got that figured out now. Yeah,
3: yeah. And and in Google's credit, I mean, they are doing, other than that problem where I think they're hammering legitimate content purely because it's coming from a place that has a high volume of duplication or other issues, um, they're doing a great job of putting proper stuff into that database. That database is getting much larger, and in theory, um, your content should be able to come out, because it also has to do with page rank and the volume of juice you have, and one thing that we're seeing is that it's almost like Google's saying, for the age of your site and the amount of page rank you have, there's only X amount of pages that we will deem worthy. So it's almost like they they have a formula to figure out, if you're a page rank four and you've been around for four years, you know, we're going to take 150 pages of content and everything after that is not going to work for us because legitimately you shouldn't have more than that. Um, So the rate at which you introduce the content kind of dictates how well you do. But the upside of that is I think they're going to crawl it more often, hopefully, and if, if you're in the supplemental purely for page rank reasons, you should be able to get that content out as you get more juice
2: yeah i mean and that's that's the nice thing about it now is there's, there seems to be a it really seems to be a truly supplemental index not a you know index of garbage we don't want anymore it's it used to you used to look at it and go wow well, this is definitely stuff we don't want so we're going to put oh, it in supplemental yeah, and it's it's
3: basically it's, stuff that we're going to get returned for searches that have less than a million results
2: yeah and and the idea that they're looking at that going, you know what, the, the old system didn't work. Too much stuff was getting caught up in supplemental that didn't need to be. And so now let's look at the supplemental index and say this is stuff that we're not 100% sure about. So as, you know, the links grow or the juice flows better or, or all these kinds of things, you know, maybe there's a new site in there that just doesn't have enough juice to be out there we're going to keep an eye on it, and if, if things start to fall in line, then, you know, we'll let it out. And it, it, it's more of a real-time situation than the, you know, once a whatever the time frame was that, uh, that it got reviewed.
3: Right. So now that the juice thing is so dramatic, here's what really sucks about it, though. So we've kind of come full circle. So PageRank now, once again, is very important. It's not important for the same reasons, Not so much for ranking, but for crawlability and determining what index your stuff belongs to. It's once again very important. That being the case, at the same time, Google's out on a rampage against (laughs) link buyers, sellers now. Um, Because that's a strategy we we use a lot. Like newer site, we'll go out and buy two or three links. And uh, just to get that juice flow established, while we launch the site, and then over time we eventually get rid of the paid links. But that's how we make sure there's enough stuff flowing into it to where we can push the content out and have get the best results for it.
2: Mm-hmm. But, but now... But, you know, and, and Matt comes out talking about that on his blog, and the the end of the day, so Google's all fired up. We're going after paid links. We're doing this, we're doing this, we're going after that. We're going after search results. We don't want your search results in our index. But the follow up to all everybody starts freaking out. Oh no! Google's gonna Google's gonna clamp down and catch me. But then the follow up to that is okay. We're going after search results, so please put this in your robots.txt file. Or here's how to block your search results. Or here's a new way to send in a spam report. Just put this in the subject line, and we'll we'll look at it sooner because it says paid link. Uh, right now,
3: here's don't worry
2: about it, people.
3: Okay here's my my big argument I've had this conversation with Matt many times is that and here's what's interesting so the niche directory is going to come back because like in this one industry I work in there's all these kind of directories and they're all kind of freaking out because now all of a sudden they're selling links but Google has gone on record many times with Yahoo saying that that's not a paid link because you paid for an editorial review um, so you can do that but anything else is spam. So, But they also say, don't link out to bad neighborhoods. So I really think, I'd love to have them answer this question. The real fix is to put the pressure on the site who's selling the links. In other words, if, let's say I had a website and you and I have been friends for a long time and you have a company and I review your site and I accept, I, it's like an editorial review. My paid links are no different than the paid links in Yahoo, right? And the responsibility to do the editorial review is on me. So why doesn't Google just say, forget about chasing whether it's paid or not, and just simply say, don't link out to bad neighborhoods, right? It's your responsible, It's your responsibility as a site owner to make sure you're linking out to quality content. So if you're a site that sells links to anybody, crappy stuff, you know, other sites that would be considered spam sites, then your site will pay the price. It would clean up the whole industry. Everything would get contextually relevant, um, and it wouldn't step on a site owner's ability to monetize their revenue. I mean, why should I put a link condom on the link if I've reviewed it and I am
2: vouching for it?
3: It makes no sense.
2: The perfectly, Perfectly legitimate argument, and... At the end of the day, you want it all to be relevant anyways. I mean, there's, there's a certain, certain argument for saying, okay, a whole bunch of links are just going to work no matter what, whether they're contextually relevant to the page they're coming from, the page they're going to, and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and I agree with that to a certain extent, but there's, you know, and we've talked about this a couple of times, there's more than one level of website out there, and there's different right. rules at those different levels. Right. But you, you take a nice, crusty old domain that belongs to a well-known brand that is really, you know, has to be in the search engine. I mean, if that brand isn't showing up for certain things, then it's a bad user experience, so they're going to be in the search engine. Those links to those sites are applied differently than Joe's Mortgage Company in Kansas City. Right.
3: Well, and that's the thing, and the question is, are they going to actually penalize the site that's selling the links? Or are they just going to throttle them and make the links not count? I think if they actually, if they looked back, and here's what I would do. If we get a spam report on a site and we look into it and they are indeed spamming, um, but that way you put the heat on the site owner and then the market would clean itself up because there is a lot of stuff out there where, you know, if you're a site about, SEO, you probably shouldn't be selling links to online pharmacies and poker and stuff like that. But if I run a poker blog that everybody reads and I have advertisers come to me and I say, hey, this is a great poker place, I should be able to put up a link and do whatever I want. So the only thing that's going to happen is they're going to create a black market and people will stop disclosing that the links are links and uh, you know the price of the links will actually go up. So, you know, the black market's
2: coming back. It definitely is. Well, That's interesting. Uh, I was out looking at links,
3: and I found some links from one of your clients.
2: From one of my clients?
3: Yeah. Don't
2: be talking about that.
3: I would never mention who it was. But
2: <laughs> I don't buy right. any links for any of my clients. I would never do that.
3: Very relative, though.
2: Remember relative. that big white hat I wear now?
3: Yeah. Anyways,
2: let's, uh, let's take another quick uh, commercial break here and come back and wrap up the last segment.
1: Stick around. SEO Rockstars will be back after this short break.
0: Faster than a speeding bullet. It's the super way to pay. It's Fast Transact. Fast Transact is the safe, secure, and fast way to process credit cards, online checks, and gift cards. Find multiple payment gateway and merchant account options to keep your costs down and sales up, up, and away. You can build your business empire in a single bound while Fast Transact fights the never-ending battle to keep payment processing safe and secure. Your quest for an e-commerce solution has found its final destination. Fly over to FastTransact.com today.
1: Want traffic?
0: Howdy, boys, and you girls, too. I'm here to talk to you about Milnik Media, the best CPA network, period. They sure know how to deliver, and I know something about deliverance. Now, you want to get paid? Damn right you do. We'll make sure you get your money. Milnic Media's got support people who know their ass from their elbow. Need a new jet ski? How about one of them newfangled plasma TVs? Well, Cousin Jeremy here will hook you up with our performance rewards program. Email sub-bits, zip sub-bits, ringtones, hell, we got them all. Yeehaw! Hey there, it's Cousin Jeremy. Get on over to M-I-L-L-N-I-C-media.com,
1: and we'll have you so happy, you'll be squilling like a pig. Welcome to the
0: Daily
3: Search cast. And oh my goodness, now you can have Google Talk embedded in your Google personalized homepage to be part
1: of your Google personalized life. So you can go there and you can just chat on your homepage. Just remember folks, you know, you put that on the homepage and you don't log out, you know, I never log out of things, so you log out of things, so suddenly all your contacts are sitting there when somebody goes to use Google on your computer and then I'm going, oh, well, let's just start sending messages to people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just saying. <laughs> It's Danny I've always liked you (laughs) I've always liked you But I really like you, Barry But I uh, I, uh, I But
0: you're fired (laughs) The Daily Search Cast with Danny Sullivan Monday through Thursdays at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, 8.30 a.m. Pacific And if you missed any of this week's shows, check out The Daily Search Cast Week in Review Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific Only on webmasterradio.fm Your virtual webmaster frat house. Webmasterradio.fm. Hey, bring your togas. Webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere.
1: Commercials off. Now back to SEO rock stars. Let's rock. Here's your host.
2: All right, rounding out the last few minutes of our tour of the U.S. and conferences show. Hey, you
3: know what? I we I have a little shout out we got to do to one of our listeners.
2: Oh, let's. I told you about uh, see. Uh,
3: the pins I got in mail.
2: Oh yeah.
3: First of all, this is a great example of. Uh, doing like a corporate kind of blog. I'll drop it in the chat room. It's blog.stockpins.com. And so and this this blog is written by Pinanda Lapel. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so
3: stockpins.com sells lapel pins, customized lapel pins, all that kind of stuff. So I got this little package in the mail with a business card in it and a note on the back. And hi, Greg, really enjoyed the Rockstar show. I couldn't find Todd's address, so please send him the white hat. She sent us two lapel pins. One was black and one was white.
2: Which you haven't done yet.
3: Which I totally forgot to bring to New York. So, uh, <laughs> but a couple things. Number one, very clever that she mailed this to us. And that's why I'm giving her a plug. Number two, she's actually smart because, you know, in the softball world that I exist in, we buy pins all the time every year, like thousands of dollars worth of trading pins because the girls go to nationals and they swap pins. So I don't know that they actually do that kind of pin, but in a month or so when we need to buy those, I'm probably going to give her a call.
2: There you go. There's a lot to, to be said great. for sucking up to certain people in this industry.
3: So it Exactly. So <laughs> it makes sense. Go to the blog, check it out. It's very cool. You wouldn't think that you could blog about lapel pins, but um they've done a pretty cool thing and and it's it's a great model to look at because we do that all the time It's like trying to convince a company or client you really should blog, blogging helps. Well, what do we write about? You know, it's boring. Um all kinds of stuff. So go check it out if you guys are looking and they also she also makes this pin that says I'm I'm assuming it's a she. <laughs> I have no idea cuz she signed it thanks pin on So so I'm just assuming there's a picture of a woman on the blog. So, um, but they, she also makes these pins that say "Ask me about my blog." Nice. So when you're cruising around the conference, you know, great little little gimmick to get people to go. Hey, tell me about your blog.
2: I like it. I like it a lot.
3: I would if I had one. So feel free to send us swag like that anytime. We're really cheap and easy.
2: Take cash too. There you go, and uh, and on the way out and Barry. Oh, Barry's quit, got some swag too. Quit, quit block, quit spamming the chat room, Barry. Oh,
3: so guess what? She sent them to everybody, not just. All right, now I feel cheapened.
2: Oh, and and really, not. A, I feel even worse off because not a whole lot of effort put in to actually find me. I'm not that hard to find.
3: It's a whole other country, dude.
2: Dude.
3: Very very complicated. <laughs> yeah, go if you go to uh, Barry's cartoonBerry dot com. He actually blogged about it, which I was going to do. But of course, I'm way too lazy. I'm waiting for my wife to do it for me. Um, so, yep, there's a whole picture on it. Pretty cool idea. Pretty smart.
2: Very very nice. I mean, and then uh, so that's the one thing. Okay, that kind of thing. That is Web two point oh to me right. and the way i the a lot of the way i look at web 2.0 and viral marketing and and spreading the the love and people i mean one of the big things behind 2.0 is that if we're cool enough people will just spread the word and love us right right i mean sort of the sense that i get behind how some of this stuff spreads well to me this this is kind of a 2.0ish thing all of a sudden you know send out a few things and something cool, something different, something that relates to the industry, ask me about my blog on a pin. Um, You know, those sorts of things. I like it.
3: Well, it's it's like offline link bait, and that's pretty clever. Because apparently she said it to everybody that blogs or has a show or whatever, which is a smart idea.
2: Definitely. uh, Because we're highly unreliable, and we're just mostly lucky we remembered to mention it. Exactly. (laughs) I was going to blog about it weeks ago never have the time so but uh, oh, man. on uh, on the way out here i'm going to speaking of just sharing stuff it's not even really all that related here's a link about something i was in san francisco uh went uh, one night and saw uh, went to the independent great little uh, club in san francisco and saw a band called the silver sun pickups yeah and uh, i am I'm, I'm thinking you know the silver sun pickup stuff could almost be good anthem music for another rock stars kind of show really huh. really top notch band sharing of some new music I picked up last week that is really good. Very cool. And that's in the chat room now. SilverSunPickups.com. Pickups dot com. Um the the best part though, so it's uh they got a bit of a smashing pumpkins thing going on vocally. Right. And they have a and they have a girl bass player, which is kind of also smashing pumpkins. Right. And she's she's just awesome because she's really shy and had just this little wave, like she's clearly out of her element to be up there. Uh-huh. And it was just a really, really great show. But go out, get Silver Sun Pickups, buy it, don't download it, support them. They're just getting their, just getting their legs under them.
3: And, uh, we, and we will be here next weekend, next week, right? We
2: will. Uh, Actually, in town, working next Friday. And uh, you better have beer, not coffee, next weekend.
3: Yeah. We're going to get some guests lined up for next week, I think. I think so. How about Sage
2: Lewis? Who?
3: Sage. Sage Rock, yeah. Sage.
2: Absolutely.
3: Uh, you know, he's doing vidcast blogging now. It's his site now is it? sagerock.com, I think. he does. I, I talked to him briefly at the conference, and I said, hey, we need to get you on the show. So he does daily videos about, and he's been doing them for a while. So you should go check it out, but we'll see if we can chat with him next week and anybody else send us requests we'll hunt them down maybe we'll get Neil to tell.
2: he's kind of a that's, a pos- that's a thought yeah well, we'll get him to say on air what he said in New York yeah <laughs> I'm <laughs> just a viral comment. guy I'm not really good at SEO <laughs> <laughs> it
3: definitely cracked me up when we asked him what do you think about Sinjaya who's that
2: <laughs> had no clue Oh, there's there's a guy I met at uh, at at Web 2.0, and he's he's a venture guy, and he's he started a couple of companies, and he's totally all Mr. Web 2.0. But he's he lives in L.A. and he's also an actor, and and he uh, he is he people have been calling him Sanjaya all week, and he's ready to kill somebody. But he actually has three lines in entourage this weekend. Oh, really? Yeah. So. You know, good looking actor guy, lots of Web 2.0 money, and, you know, there you go. So I have to hate him.
3: Absolutely. (laughs) All right, so I have to roll off to my uh, Friday beer thing
2: lunch. There you go. Go find some beer, and I'm going to, I don't know, I'm taking the day off today after all the travel, so I'm going to go sit in the sun or something. Awesome. See you later, everybody.